Shalom and welcome to Daily Bread for Busy Moms, a daily Bible reading podcast that goes through the whole Bible in a year. We follow along with the weekly Torah portions and read daily from the Torah, the prophets, the writings, and the apostles. If you want to learn more about the podcast or connect with us online, find us at dailybreadmoms.com. There you'll find information about the journal. Um, that's the Bible reading plan that we use, um, which Bible translation we use, and how to contact us. You'll also see information about how you can support the podcast by becoming a patron and how we can connect with you more. We've got some new things for our sweet patrons and are excited to let you hear from us in more ways beyond the daily Bible readings. So find us at dailybreadmoms.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Let's get to our podcast episode for today. Hello, everyone. It's Johanna here, your reader today. Today is Wednesday, the 7th of February, and the 28th of Shvat on the Hebrew calendar. This week, our parasha, or portion from the Torah, is called Mishpatim, which means judgments. Today, we're going to start in Exodus 22 um, and read our portion from the Torah. But first, let's take a moment to bless God and thank Him for His word. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to his people Israel and to all peoples through his Son, Yeshua the Messiah, our Master. Let's begin with our portion from Exodus 22, verse 28 through 23 and verse 5. If your Bible has the Hebrew verse counting, you'll start in verse 27. Do not despise God or curse a ruler of your people. Do not hold back the fullness of your crops or your vintage. You are to present the firstborn of your sons to me. Do the same with your cattle and with your sheep. For seven days it is to be with its mother. And on the eighth day you are to give it to me. You are to be a holy people for me. You must not eat any flesh torn by beasts in the field. You may throw it out to the dogs. Do not spread a false report. Do not join hands with the wicked by becoming a malicious witness. Do not follow a crowd to do evil. Nor are you to testify in a case to follow a crowd and pervert justice. On the other hand, nor should you take sides with a poor man in his case. If you find your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you must surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of the one that hates you lying down under its burden, do not leave it. Rather, you are to release it with him. That was Exodus twenty-two twenty-seven through 23, 5. Today's portion from the prophets is 1 Kings 16. Now the word of the Lord came to Yehu, son of Hanani, 
against Baasa, saying, Since I raised you up from the dust and made you ruler over my people Israel, yet you have walked in the way of Yerovam and have caused my people Israel to sin, vexing me with their sins. I am about to consume Baasa and his house. I will make your house like the house of Yerovam, son of Nevat. Anyone of Baasa who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And any one of his who dies in the field, the birds of the sky will eat. Now the rest of the deeds of Baasa and what he did and his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? Then Baasa slept with his fathers and was buried in Tirzah, and his son Elah became king in his place. But the word of the Lord had already come by the hand of the prophet Yehu, son of Hanani, against Baasa and against his house, because of all the evil he had done in the Lord's eyes, vexing him with the work of his hands, becoming thus like the house of Yerav'am, which he struck down. In the twenty-sixth year of King Asa of Yudah, Elah, son of Baasa, became king over Israel in Tirzah, and reigned two years. Then his servant Zimri, commander of half his chariotry, conspired against him while he was in Tirzah, making himself drunk in the house of Arza, who was in charge of the palace in Tirzah. Then Zimri went in struck him down and killed him in the twenty-seventh year of King Asa of Yehuda, and became king in his place. It came about when he became king, as soon as he sat on the throne, he struck down all the household of Baasa, leaving him not even one man, nor his kinsman, nor his friend. So Zimri destroyed the entire house of Baasa, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke against Baasa by the prophet Yehu, for all the sins of Baasa and the sins of his son Elah, which they committed and caused Israel to commit, vexing the Lord, God of Israel, with their useless idols. Now the rest of the deeds of Elah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? In the twenty-seventh year of King Asa of Yehudah, Zimri reigned for seven days in Tirzah. Now the people were encamped against Gibton of the Philistines. When the people encamped heard it, said, Zimri has conspired and even struck down the king. Then all Israel proclaimed Omri, the commander of the army, king over Israel that very day in the camp. Then Omri and all Israel with him went up from Gibeton and besieged Tirzah. When Zimri saw that the city was captured, he went into the citadel of the royal palace and burned down the royal palace over him with fire. So he died too because of the sins which he committed, doing what was evil in the Lord's eyes, walking in the way of Yerav'am and in the sin which he had committed making Israel sin. Now the rest of the deeds of Zimri and his treason that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel?
Then the people of Israel were divided into two factions. Half of the people followed Tivni, son of Ginat, making him king, while the other half followed Omri. But the people following Omri prevailed against the people following Tivni, son of Ginat. Tivni died, and Omri became king. In the thirty-first year of King Asa of Judah, Omri began to reign over Israel, and reigned twelve years, six years in Tirzah. Then he bought the hill of Samaria from Shemer for two talents of silver, and built a city on the hill. He named the city that he built Samaria, based on the name Shemer, the owner of the hill. But Omri did what was evil in the Lord's eyes, and acted more wickedly than all who were before him. For he walked in all the ways of Yerav'am, son of Nevat, and in the sins that he had caused Israel to commit, vexing the Lord, God of Israel, with their useless idols. Now the rest of the deeds of Omri that he did, and the valiant deeds that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Omri slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria. Then his son Ahav became king in his place. In the thirty-eighth year king of King Asa of Yehuda, Ahav, son of Omri, began to reign over Israel. And Ahav, son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty-two years. But Ahav, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's eyes, more than all who were before him. Now, as if it was a trifling thing to walk in the sins of Yerav'am, son of Nevat, he also took as wife Izevel, the daughter of King Etbaal of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. He also erected an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he had built in Samaria. Also, Ahav made the Asherah pole. So Ahav did yet more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. During his days, Chiel of Betel rebuilt Yericho. At the cost of Aviram his firstborn, he laid its foundation. And at the cost of his youngest son, Seguv, he set up its gates, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Yehoshua, son of Nun. That was First Kings 16. I just wanted to make a note because um, we have asked in a little questionnaire if you guys want to hear the Hebrew pronunciation of the names as much as possible. And most of you do. So that's why we read it this way. But in the English, it is not written with the Hebrew trans- translation. So sometimes when there's a lot of obscure kind of random names, I don't know what the Hebrew says. And I just looked up First Kings 16, and actually I was pronouncing the name Baasa wrong. His name in Hebrew is actually Baasha, like with a S-H. So a little correction there in the Hebrew translation. Also, some of the names in the Hebrew are so very different 
that I don't um, read the Hebrew version of the name. One of them is the area and city called Samaria. So in Hebrew, Samaria that we read about in this chapter is actually the word for Samaria is Shomron. Um, If you've been to Israel, you've probably heard that. But if you haven't, it sounds so different that I just wanted to, to explain that Samaria in Hebrew is actually Shomron. All right, let's move on to our next section from the scriptures. We'll be reading Psalm 107 today. That is our portion from the writings. Praise the Lord, for he is good. For his loving kindness endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he redeemed from the hand of the foe, whom he gathered out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the sea. From some wandered in a desert, a wasteland, they found no way to an inhabited city. Hungry and thirsty, their souls ebbed away. So they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and he delivered them out of their troubles. Then he led them by a straight way to go to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his mercy and his wonders for the children of men. For he satisfies the thirsty soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Some sat in darkness and deep gloom, prisoners in misery and iron chains, for they had defied God's words and spurned the counsel of Elion. So he humbled their heart with trouble. They stumbled, and no one was helping. So they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and he delivered them out of their troubles. He brought them out of darkness and deep gloom breaking their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his mercy and his wonders for the children of men. For he shattered bronze gates and broke into pieces iron bars. Some became fools because of their rebellious ways and were afflicted due to their iniquities. Their soul abhorred all food and they drew near the gates of death. So they cried out to the Lord in their distress, and he delivered them out of their troubles. He sent his word and healed them and rescued them from their pits. Let them praise the Lord for his mercy and his wonders for the children of men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with joyful singing. Some go out to the sea in ships, doing business on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he spoke and raised a stormy wind, lifting up towering waves. They mounted up to the sky and plunged down to the depths. In their peril their souls melted away. They reeled and staggered like a drunk. And all their skill was bewildered. So they cried out to the Lord in their distress and he brought them out of their troubles. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves were hushed. They were glad when it became calm, and he led them to their desired haven. Let them praise the Lord for his mercy and his wonders to the children of men. Let them exalt him in the congregation of the people 
and praise him at the assembly of elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness, and springs of water into thirsty ground, and a fruitful land into a salt waste, because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into a pool of water, and dry land into springs of water. There he brings the hungry to live, and they establish a city for a dwelling. So they sow fields and plant vineyards that yield a fruitful harvest. He blesses them, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their herds diminish after they were few and crushed by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He pours contempt on princes, making them wander in trackless waste, but he lifts the needy high above affliction and makes their families like a flock. The upright see it and are glad, and all iniquity shuts its mouth. Who is wise? Let him observe these things and consider the Lord's loving kindness. That was Psalm 107. Our last portion today is from the Apostles, and it is John, or Yohanan, chapter 4, verses 1 through 30. Now, Yeshua knew that the Pharisees heard that he was making and immersing more disciples than Yohanan, although Yeshua himself was not immersing, his disciples were. So he left Judea and went back again to the Galil. But he needed to pass through Samaria. So he comes to a Samaritan town called Shechem, near the plot of land that Yaakov gave to his son Yosef. Now Yaakov's well was there. So Yeshua, exhausted from the journey, was sitting by the well. It was midday. A Samaritan woman comes to draw water. Give me a drink, Yeshua tells her. For his disciples had gone away to the town to buy food. Then the Samaritan woman tells him, How is it that you, a Jew, asks me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jewish people don't deal with Samaritans. Yeshua replied to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman tells him, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Then from where do you get this living water? You're no greater than our father Yaakov, are you? He gave us this well. He drank out of it himself with his sons and his cattle. Yeshua replied to her, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty. The water that I give him will become a fountain of water within him, springing up to eternal life. Sir, the woman tells him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty or have to come all the way here to draw water. He tells her, go call your husband and then come back here. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Yeshua tells her, You've said it right, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the man you have now isn't your husband. This you've spoken truthfully. Sir, the woman tells him, 
I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you all say that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Yeshua tells her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, it is here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people as his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman tells him, I know that Mashiach is coming, he who is called the Anointed One. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Yeshua tells her, I, the one speaking to you, I am. At this moment, his disciples came back. They were amazed that he was speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went back to the town. She tells the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. He couldn't be the Mashiach, could he? The people left the town and began coming to him. That was Yohanan chapter 4, or John chapter 4, verses 1 through 30. And it concludes our readings for today. If you are reading through the New Testament twice this year, you'll be reading 1 Timothy 4 today also. I pray that you are blessed by the words of God and that your heart is encouraged and strengthened as you listen today. I'm Johanna with Daily Bread for Busy Moms. Shalom to you from Israel. Until next time.